And we're back here on Unusual Sources, 93.3 CFMU-FM, bringing you news from the world and the community right here to our online streaming service, cfmu.mcmaster.ca. We're very pleased today to have with us Eva Manley. She is a retired filmmaker and photographer who is now heavily engaged in activist work, and uh, she's actually a delegate to the Women's Boat to Gaza. So Eva, thanks very much for being on the program with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Well, we've heard about you from other interviews and uh, emails and whatnot. There's a lot of information circulating about the woman's boat to Gaza. People are excited about it, but they might not know as much as they'd like to. And I was hoping to sort of clarify that today for our listeners. Um, It's really amazing what you're doing um, and, and what the woman involved in this project are doing. But for those who are unfamiliar with the woman's boat to Gaza, I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about what it is. Well, it is the latest action of the International Freedom Flotilla Movement, and there have been numbers of boats have attempted to break the blockade of Gaza, and someone had the brilliant idea of having women go because Israel always maintains that the people on these boats are a threat to their security, And how could 30 women on two small boats be any kind of threat to Israeli security? Unless bringing hope is a threat. Perhaps it is. Well, the boat itself, I understand uh, it's not even going to contain uh, humanitarian aid because you want to make sure there's no cargo on there that could be considered contraband or weapons or anything like that. Is that right? And I think it's primarily because... There's, there will be very limited space on the boats. Uh-huh. They're not as large as any of the boats that have gone before. Well, I understand that. Um, what your objective then is, is to get women onto the high seas, and you want to then break that blockade because the main goal here is to lift the siege of Gaza. Yes. That's uh, in line with the previous activities of the Freedom Flotilla. Uh, the, the overwhelming uh, mission, I understand, is to show and demonstrate to the world that there is an Israeli blockade around Gaza and that there is no free traffic of ships back and forth. Palestinians cannot get in, they cannot get out. So that is the mission that uh, your boat has embarked on. Yes, and the blockade has really killed the ability of the Palestinian people to export or import by water. My understanding, when we talk about the blockade, most people think that the blockade of Gaza began when Hamas was elected and that the blockade is 10 years old. But I read that the naval blockade actually began in 1967. Yes. So it really is, has been disastrous for the economy of Gaza. Okay, so you've got these two small boats that are coming this time. I mean, this, the Freedom Flotilla and these women's boat to Gaza, I don't think this is the first woman's boat to Gaza, is it? Uh, it's the first that I know of that has only had women on board. Wow. Okay. I think there have always been a significant number of women on the boats. It's an expensive proposition, though, because, as you pointed out, you have two boats going in, and there's a very likely chance or very high likelihood that they could be seized. So this is kind of an expensive venture for you, isn't it? Yes, but the the funds are raised from individuals and solidarity organizations from all over the world. And there are 11 campaigns 
national campaigns involved uh, in the uh, boats going, including Australia, New Zealand, and uh, European countries, Canada, the U.S. And so it's, a, it's, it's really an international effort uh, of people from all of those countries working together yeah. for a, a joint cause. That kind of brings me to one of my questions I was wondering about. Uh, in, in terms of the delegates on these two boats, uh, where is it that they come from? This is an international effort. So is this an international crew? It's an international crew. Um, I, I know that the skipper for the Amal Hope boat is a woman from Australia. I'm not sure where the skipper from the second boat is from. And uh, Marilyn Porter from Newfoundland will be one of the crew members. There will be three crew on each boat. And they will be on all three legs of the journey. And then in order to include as many women from as many countries as possible, we have different people on as working passengers from, for each of the three legs. So the boats are actually leaving from Barcelona on the 14th or 15th, and then they will go to Corsica. And when in Corsica, some of the women who are on board will get off and other women will join the boats. And I will join on in the final for the final leg, which is from Italy. Well, the boats are departing quite soon. Um, yes. Are you still in Nanaimo? I'm in Nanaimo, but because I'm not going to be on till the last leg, I don't need. I haven't uh, left as early as uh, Wendy and uh, Marilyn, who are already in Barcelona, getting ready for the first leg of the journey. So these are Canadian delegates. Yes. Wendy Goldsmith from London and Marilyn Porter from Newfoundland. That's good. We've had Wendy on this program, of course. Yes. That's incredible. So we have Canadian delegates. This is a very international effort. This really is what international solidarity means. I'm thinking, since the boats are departing quite soon in the next couple of days, there's events being held, right? I mean, you're, there's going to be some kind of uh, publicity events where the boats are currently docked in order to get attention for the cause. I think Barcelona is having a three-day festival for the send-off of the boats. And Barcelona is um, like, or a part of Barcelona is sister city to Gaza. And so the people um, who are closest to the port of departure are really excited about the fact that this is a way for them to be in communication with their sister's in, uh, in Gaza. It's incredible. I mean, it must be difficult for the sister city to, to have contact, to have meaningful relations with Gaza because of the blockade. That's right. Mm-hmm. But there's been a lot of pre-planning and organizing going on, both in the International Committee and also with, with the women in Gaza who are preparing for our, our uh, arrival. Right. Now, that gets me onto another line of thought there. Uh, this is something of a, a dangerous voyage. We know that uh, Israeli military vessels have surrounded freedom boats, um, have boarded them. Uh, people have been killed on one incident. Uh, there's uh, you know, armed craft coming at you. Uh, there's a lot of danger. 
are you taking measures to um, to avoid capture, ensure security, or is, is there some way you can, can get around this blockade? It, it seems like there are difficulties involved here. There are a lot of difficulties involved, and there I don't think there's a, a really a way of avoiding the Israeli Navy if they decide that they're going to uh, surround us and hijack us in international waters, which apparently is the correct term. And uh, my, my hope, I actually dreamt one night that we were not blocked from getting into Gaza, that we got there safely and, and met with women um, in Gaza, but that the last part of the dream was that Israel wouldn't let us leave, <laughs> which is a, a common experience for people who actually live in Gaza. Students can't get a way to study in other universities. Uh, people have a, an extremely difficult time getting out for um, specialized medical treatment. And people are dying in Gaza who cannot receive specialized medical treatment because they are not allowed through any of the exits. Yes, it's a very dire situation blockading and a whole people like that. Um, and there's been a number of times when attention has been drawn to this cause. It's usually when Israel bombs Gaza um, and then there's an outcry. But other than that, I mean, it's important to bring attention to this. I think that um, the Freedom Flotilla and the woman's boat to Gaza is really interesting in that uh, because you're taking the initiative to get out there and try to break the blockade, it, it creates news outside the news cycle of this conflict. And I think it reaches out to people in the community who may not have heard much about Gaza and don't know about it because now there's a, a boat full of women and, and including Canadian women going out there. So is this a good way to reach out into the broader community? I think it's almost the only way to reach out to the broader community. It, um, I, I've found that there's a tremendous amount of energy around the idea of two boats with women only sailing to Gaza. I actually had funny question from one man and one woman um, who asked, well, if it's only going to be women, who will run the boats? <laughs> I thought old stereotypes die hard. Your goodness me. I mean, I guess in a sense, whether you, you intend to or not, this project has de facto feminist objectives. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> uh, in, one of, in one of the articles, they say that we subscribe to the radical notion that women are humans. Yes. It's not just about it, looking at a blockade and, and raising awareness about it and helping an entire people. You also have the situation of showing that women are heavily involved in this struggle for social justice. Uh, yes. We know that, in fact, in the issue of Palestine, women are often leading the way in, in bringing humanitarian aid to Gaza or in, in protesting uh, all these atrocities and illegal acts. So it really highlights the role of women within the Palestine Solidarity Movement. Yes, and on the Women's Boat to Gaza website, uh, your listeners can find one area where they tell stories, uh, women of Gaza tell their own stories. So you can meet some of the women in Gaza through the Women's Boat to Gaza website. And I wanted to mention that they, the first five attempts to break the blockade were in 2008, and they succeeded. And I have friends in Nanaimo 
who were on the beach to greet the boat, the first two boats that arrived. And they said it was a powerful, moving experience. There were 40,000 people gathered on the beach, and small boats went out to, to meet the arriving boats. And I'm sure that if we succeed in getting to Gaza, that we will get that kind of reception as well. Palestinians need to know they have support from the outside world. They're very boxed in. Any goods coming in, it's, it's very strict. Uh, and as you pointed out, movement is extremely restricted. So um, th- they feel cut off from the world. And something like this, where an international delegation is organizing together to, to raise awareness to the entire world of what's happening and try to get through that blockade, uh, it must be important for the morale of Palestinians. Yes, and uh, an example of this is that um, we have a, a vigil on the last Friday of every month in Nanaimo, and we stand with signs saying, Free Gaza, end the occupation of Palestine, um, other things like that. And one day a woman came up to me and said, Do you mind if I take pictures of you? And I said, No, we're doing a public thing, and you're welcome to take photos, but can I ask why? She said, I have a pen pal in Gaza that I met online. He was looking for a teenager, looking for someone with whom he could practice his English. And he keeps lamenting that the world has forgotten the people of Gaza. And she wanted to show him that in a small place like Nanaimo, which she happened to be passing through, there were people standing on the street corner remembering Gaza. And there's been a significant shift in public perceptions of our, our event every last Friday of, of the month. More and more people are informed and more and more people are interested and supportive. Mm-hmm. And for people in Gaza, knowing that there's an outstretched hand for them can make all the difference. Yes. Uh, now, <laughs> you pointed out already this is expensive because of the boats and everything. You have fundraising efforts. Um, you have websites as well. If people want to contribute to this campaign, uh, or if they're looking for a way to contribute, what can they do and how can they get in touch with you? If they go to either the Women's Boat to Gaza or to the Canadian Boat to Gaza websites, there is a section that says Donate. And for people who are comfortable using PayPal, they can, they can make a donation through PayPal. Or if they're still into writing checks and putting them in the mail, the information is on the website about where to send that. And the checks are made out to humanitarian, uh, Turtle Island Humanitarian Aid, and it is mailed to an address in Brossard, Quebec. And all that information is available online in those two websites. We'll try to provide a link to it on the podcast. Oh, that would be great. That makes it easier for people to find it. Yes, of course. People should contribute in whatever way they can. You know, I know you've got contacts in Gaza that you must know people in the way that it's being organized. But I'm curious, do you have any support from activists within Israel? Yes. And one of the people, you know... um, In uh, 2012, the Estelle sailed to Gaza, and there were three young Israelis, all former military, on board, and one was Alec Elhanan. And I've become friends with Alec and his mother on Facebook. Uh, 
And I have come to depend on Nurit Pallid Alhanan for a lot of up-to-date information about what's happening right now, day-to-day. And if I posted, if I reposted everything that she sends, uh, it would be too much for a lot of people. So, but I try to post at least one item from her on a regular basis mm-hmm. because she's very much in touch. She, her, she lost her own daughter at the age of 13 to a suicide bomber. She and her husband told Netanyahu he was not welcome at the funeral because she held him directly responsible for the death of their daughter. And they went out and found the family of the 14-year-old suicide bomber, and they started an organization of bereaved parents, Palestinians and Israelis, and have worked together ever since. Yes, we wouldn't want to forget about the anti-occupation movement within Israel. No, there's... there. The estimate as to numbers varies, but there's numbers of Israeli groups who are doing really significant educational work within Israel and communicating with the outside world. Like Bet Salem is an Israeli human rights group, and they do regular updates and they work with Palestinians and carry uh, documentation uh, on their website that is provided for them by Palestinians with uh, cell phone cameras. Right. Okay, well, I guess um, you're in Nanaimo, and you're going to be getting ready uh, for, to join that boat at the appropriate time. Uh, so what is the next step for you then? Well, on Sunday night, we have a public event here in Nanaimo, which will be my send-off from Nanaimo. And then on Monday, I'll go over to Vancouver uh, because I'm flying from Vancouver at noon the following day. And there's going to be a press conference and send-off at the Vancouver airport uh, that people on the lower mainland are organizing for. And then I will be on my way to Italy, uh, plane to Rome and train down to Sicily. Okay. Yes, there's a lot of logistics involved, I know. Yes, yeah. And people like um, David Heap and Wendy Goldsmith and... Ehab Lutaev in uh, Montreal and Irene McGuinness and Jace Tanner in Vancouver have all been doing a phenomenal job of taking the important roles in organizing this along with a committee that they work with. Yes, no, of course. And we'll probably be hearing more from them as this goes on. Uh, So this is wonderful to hear from you, and we're able to inform people on this. I'm really glad you're able to be with us today. So, uh, Eva, thanks so much for joining us on the program. All right, and thank you for inviting me.